Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Welcome everyone to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, and ah, I feel rested and rejuvenated. Um, those three songs that my guest Annika chose were wonderful. And the last one was a little Whitney, Higher Love. And of course, I've heard it many, many times. Today, it just hit me in this really great way. And I think it had a little bit to do with the fact that it was song three. So for each of our dance parties um, that I have uh, with all of my guests, we choose three songs and we dance to three songs, which is about 15-ish minutes, depending on the song. And um, depending on the relationship I have with my guest, sometimes we're you know, already besties and the dance party is just hopping off the, off the beginning. And sometimes it depends on songs and, and energy we bring in and every time it lands in this most beautiful space. And I think three songs is like, three is the magic number to quote another song. Um, it, I, I felt like soon as song three just started, it's like I dropped in, everything felt flowy and fabulous. And oh, so thank you. Thank you, Annika, for choosing brilliant songs. One of them was not in English and I got goosebumps, which makes me think, Part of me knows how to speak German because I somehow knew what the song was saying and loved every second of it. So there's that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so thank you, thank you for uh, joining me today and for bringing some great energy. Um, and um, as we right before we hit record, we were chatting a little bit, and we were chatting <laughs> about how we each on our own took some significant quality time, 10, 15 minutes, but quality time just for ourselves. So before we dive into everything, I'd like to just talk about how freaking important that is Absolutely, <laughs> and how valuable it is. So before, I mean, just to add to why it is, I would want to dive into this with Annika. Let me quickly introduce you to her officially. So Annika is a former HR manager and special needs mom who has recovered from burnout and anxiety twice in the last five years. She was a type A stress addict who rode on cortisol for years, ignoring her body signals like a pro very familiar with that particular profession. Um, today, she helps women as a sleep and health coach to get their energy and sleep back so they can avoid burnout. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. So as a um, sufferer of burnout multiple times as well, mm -hmm. um, it is so valuable to flip that switch. So type A people often don't know that there is a switch and they just keep running at full tilt but your body says no. And I think we've both learned in our own way, and now you are sharing it with the world beautifully, how powerful it is just to go tick and flick the switch. So tell me, what did you do today for yourself to rejuvenate a little bit before our chat today? You know what? I just had 20 minutes left before we were going to hop on. And I was like, I'm going to take a 10 minute Epsom salt bath. 
So just wind down and focus on what's coming. And, um, you know, it was 10 minutes and it was all I needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Uh, I um, grabbed a blanket and I lied down in front of the Christmas tree on the couch. Awesome. And so my eyes were like half open as I was observing the twinkleness, but it was about 10 minutes and same thing, t- 10 minutes. So because I want to highlight how important this is, because I know that you know the value of this and that you are teaching this to people now. It's 10 minutes, dude. Yet we, as a culture, are conditioned to believe that we don't even have that. And that that type of rest, and I, I would, for me, that 10 minutes turned a corner for me. Yes. Went from, you know, feeling myself getting drained, a little bit of a, maybe a bit of an ache in my head, some, and then just whew, woke up. I almost kind of jumped off the couch, just like, yep, I'm ready. And that's all it takes sometimes. I mean, obviously different circumstances require different things, but to build in the practice of saying yes for 10 minutes, okay. Maybe 12, if you have to add in a, get the blanket and then get up and maybe run a comb through your hair, depending on what what happened. But um, yeah. So what was that like for you? What, no, let me back up. What, (laughs) what made it possible for you to say yes to that experience? For those 10 minutes in the bath, mm-hmm. um, that's a really hard question because now it's almost like a no-brainer. And you know why? Mm-hmm. I think because I've been rock bottoms twice, like one's really bad. The other time I kind of caught it a little earlier with the burnout that I now know if I do something that is very, like I really give it at work for a week or I had a very, very emotional experience with a client this morning, very positive, very, very, but overwhelming kind of emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm feeling myself draining energy. It was positive, but it was still draining energy afterwards. And I was like, you know what? This is no. And I've learned to to read those signals and to then just give into what the body needs. And this has taken me a long time and a lot of pain to get through to get to that. But now I just listen and it's 10 minutes. And you know what? I catch myself so many times scrolling mindlessly on social media. Instagram is a big one for me. Uh, that is like, no, you know what, those 10 minutes, do something like close your eyes, breathe, go for a walk um, mm-hmm. around the block or have a bath. And that 10 minutes is just way, the investment is just way better. So because you said it was sort of just part of you, like it, it's almost a non-negotiable, you don't question it anymore. It just mm-hmm. is, but mm-hmm. to get there, that is, there's a journey had to begin somewhere. And so as you had, I described in your in your bio, but you had alluded to as well, that there have been moments in your life where that wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't even a, a, a choice, a question. You wouldn't even have considered it as an option, just sort of powered through. So let's dive into the hot mess that once was, um, so we can walk with you all the way to the moment where you absolutely take a bath in the middle of the day because of, Mm -hmm. of, because of course you do. So yes, do tell. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, if the way like you're reading my bio, if I look at that now and in retrospect, it's kind of like a few years ago, I would have said this, like, that is not me. This is not my life. This is not how I envisioned my life to go at all. Mm -hmm. Because I was 
like a super high performer always. Um, you're type A, you're a go-getter, right? Stress addict to the max, not knowing. I had no problem working um, a lot at university. Everything came easily. I graduated top of my class. I got promoted at work very early in very highly responsible positions. I loved it. Um, I did really well. Um, so there was kind of like no end in sight in terms of development and progression, which was all, that's what I wanted. And, and, and I was in human resources, mind you, where we help people with resilience and stress management and whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't do so well on that for myself. Um, yeah, so, and then I, yeah, I was really successful. And then I became pregnant. And um, I remember having that conver a conversation with one of my directors, HR directors, who um, was a dad or is a dad himself. And he's like, yeah, so what's your plan? Are you going to, when are you going to go? What's your last day of work? In Germany, you leave like six weeks prior to your, um, your delivery. And then I was like, yeah, so that would be whenever that was. And he said, yeah, just be mindful. Could be that the kid comes early. I'm like, why in the heck would that happen? And then he told me his story that his wife had their baby um, like quite early and stuff. And then I said, like, yeah. So then we, um, yeah, we went on a trip to Canada because we lived in Germany at the time. Mm -hmm. My husband's from here. So we visited um, family and friends once more. I had gotten the okay from my doctor to fly because the airlines at a certain point in time say, I think it's like week 20, I think it's week 30 or something where they don't necessarily want you to fly unless your doctor says you're good to go. But I wasn't there. I was like week 26, 27. Yeah, he's like, don't climb the mountains, but you can go. Of course, I didn't climb the mountains, but everything was already a bit off. And we came back and basically the next morning, Henry was born. What? Week um, 29. Um, so extremely early. He was a super preemie. He was in the hospital till he was full term because he was struggling a lot with like breathing and like lots of preemie um, things that they have. And um, yeah, and that was already um, at that. That was total PTSD, full on post-traumatic stress, which I didn't know. And that was just uh that was the first thing that was something you never expect all of a sudden you're at home with no child your child's in the icu people are taking care of him they're like what well, and then issues arise and they're like yeah you go home and sleep and we call you overnight if there's a bigger problem and you're like oh my god like it was insane but it was you go on autopilot mm -hmm. kind of you function because it's it's pure survival for everybody for the child and for the parents as in like you're in survival mode from it yeah right and uh yeah and so then he came home all was good we're like yeah we had him home took care of him I was um my husband was there for a while but he went back to work and I had my maternity or parental leave for for a year and then kind of things started unfolding that they were like yeah there's issues and then they don't meet he didn't meet certain milestones and you're so if you're like a performer like me Mm -hmm. it's already for parents who don't have special needs kids you are always when you go to the doctor oh can they roll on their tummy are they starting to crawl are they pulling themselves people are already looking at these development charts and are looking at and then all of a sudden your kid who has a different history um doesn't meet these milestones and everybody's like it's fine he's preemie we're correcting his age and you're like yeah but now we're at that point and still it's not fine and then you get to 
um, talk to doctors and they were like, yeah, we have a bigger thing here. Do you think he's going to be able to walk? We don't know. We can't tell you. And we don't know in what way. Do you think he's going to be able to speak? Like this kid is six months old. No one can actually tell you. And they're like, yeah, we think he's fine. He's totally, he speaks like he's on his fourth language now. He's totally fine. <laughs> the mobility is what he's struggling with, but with the language and communication, not his, uh, not his struggle whatsoever. And um, I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing with that part was that I kept having this massive guilt and shame because I birthed a child early. And it was me who kind of ruined not just his life, that was my perspective at that time, because I had no, no clue how this was gonna unfold. I ruined my husband's life and I ruined my life. And I was like, great. And my body isn't even capable of carrying a pregnancy to freaking 40 weeks, right? Or even 38, but no, 28 plus six. Um, and that really, together with that whole PTSD thing, was not a good combination. And my doctor actually said, go talk to a therapist. I want you to, you need to unravel this whole thing. And I tried to call them and they never called me back. And I was so exhausted already that at the beginning of this all, that I was like, I'm gonna fix this myself. Right, we're going to get a great team of doctors. They're all going to support us. There's going to all, you know, that already ended. That I called my husband, and he had to actually also take parental leave because I was like, I can't do all this therapy and stuff by myself. I'm like, I'm not capable. And then after a year, I went back to work. And you know what? And I was so looking forward to that because for me, that was a bit of an escape from the situation that I could, I was like, oh, like for eight hours a day. I don't have to confront myself with this with what that was actually like to Henry that's super unfair but that's what I was kind of seeing I wasn't just seeing my child I was always seeing that situation and that was just traumatizing and this guilt was just breaking me down and then I was at work and I was but I came but not back into the role that I'd left I went into a different part of the company which I had totally underestimated that it was like going into a new job Mm -hmm. And with what I'd just gone through, that was actually not that easy. And then, but you know what? Then the type A came back and it was just, yes, yeah, go, go, go. Even though I didn't like it, I actually hated the job. And it, that was hard. That was the first time in my life that I was like, you know, I'm the main breadwinner. I can't, because Pat was at home and with Henry. So I was like, I can't just walk away from this. Like, this is, it's impossible. And, but would I rather be home with my family? Yes. So, but no, I'm going to make it work. Then came feedback and bonus time and everything. And everything was fantastic. People loved it. And of course me, I was like, well, A, I got the, I got the recognition that I, while I was guilt-ridden, that felt good. Mm -hmm. And I was compensated for what I did and my high investment, so to say, of my time and my energy got paid off so to say so yeah. that was okay and then I kept getting things I had an ear infection I was out for two weeks they pumped me full of antibiotics and they didn't want to go away I was like okay so finally it went away um, and I just ignored right that was a sign that no keep going then they gave me a different job a project a massive massive project um, that I absolutely loved. It was my dream job, but it was a job you could almost not do on a regular 
like that wasn't a, a, just a full-time job that was like one and a half full-time jobs right and I did it and I, I did it so well and I got I didn't get the recognition that everybody expected me to get not just me but there was like it one manager who was just like she did fine but that was it and I was everybody else even my colleagues came in they were like what is the heck is going on why are we not celebrating this like through the roof this is the biggest thing and you did amazing and I was like I was blown away I was just so scattered after 15 years in that company with everything I'd done and and then that was just what happened at the end then I got food poisoning at Christmas my husband and I finally had a day. So we were like, oh, we're going for breakfast. Day before Christmas, do the last chopping things, come home. My parents come, we celebrate Christmas next morning. Him and I are just not getting out of the bathroom um, all day. Food poisoning, great. And I, you know what? And that was basically what brought that rain barrel to overflow. Mm -hmm. I never really recovered from that. I had doctors for weeks look at everything in me couldn't find a thing and um one morning I, and my manager at that time she was quite nice she was like you know what you're going to work from home for a few days because I think there's just like the stress level is too high like something's going on here and then um one morning I was at home I was working my husband went to get groceries he came back he's like what's going on I was like I can't it's like what you can't I was like, I can't do anything anymore I'm just sitting I'm like I'm frozen like I cannot function he's like okay we're shutting this laptop. We're going to the doctor now because this is not right. And that is when the whole, and then the whole cascade of my journey basically started, but I was bottom-tipped. It was just, I couldn't do anything for months. Oh, I, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for highlighting the, <laughs> the, what I think sometimes gets glazed over because when we are speaking about people's past journeys of healing, we're like, Oh, and then these, all this stuff and all these signs and, you know, and it was, here's the thing. There's no way you could have fucking seen any of that. Because, no, because, um, it, so I'm giggling because I too had an ear infection. And one of the doctors was like, grownups don't get ear infections. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, but dude, I, it hurts to hear. Exactly. And, I'm and, sitting here crying. Yeah. Like pain. there's, yeah. there's agony. And, um, one of the things that I have learned since is of course, if you were to take the more energetic stance and go, what is it that you're not hearing? And so your body will continuously give you information to tell you how to resolve the issue. And not that antibiotics are bad. I'm all about healing in all the ways possible, but I just, I'm, I'm giggling because, and then the other part that I think is extremely important is that we can get into these patterns of how we value ourselves and how we determine our worth. And of course we are generations, decades being rewarded as type A people for the product. Mm -hmm. and then and we come to expect and especially if you're a high achiever you come to expect like of course I'm going to be celebrated for this because I busted my ass 17 different exactly. ways to make it happen and so I I want to just draw a little parallel again that made me giggle so the one manager of course who just was like yeah okay she's fine she's fine but again universe going you're not paying attention 
So here's a human who is going to turn you sideways for doing something completely neutral, making a general comment, not poo-pooing you, but just making a general comment that of course does not reflect your model of the world because mm-hmm. what's actually happening is the model of the world that we're creating is imploding mm-hmm. and yet we can't see it. Oh, so thank you for highlighting um, that there were some big things happening. And of course, if we don't connect dots either, that's the other thing I think is mm-hmm. interesting because mm-hmm. when we lack that connection to this beautiful vessel that carries around our big old fucking brains, um, we miss how the pieces come together. We can't even see that our brains are attached to our bodies, let alone mm-hmm. to see how our experiences are all connected and how they're woven and how we are actually the curator author of all of those things. Oh, so um, not happy that those things happen to you, but very um, grateful that you were willing to share them and that as you sort of package it all up, get to that place where you literally can't move anymore. Um, and so interesting, I find that a lot of type A people, um, when it comes to stress response, of course, there's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Um, freeze used to be the, is usually the last thing. It doesn't even get on the table. Like who, who's got fucking time to freeze? Nobody when you're as busy as we are, right? So I will fight tooth and nail. I will, um, I will run away and quit things, but pretend justify the crap out of it, or I'll make sure everybody else around me is happy so that the stressful situation goes away. But freezing, that's a, that's, that's, a, pretty that's, big one. Mm-hmm. that's a pretty big one. So um, <laughs> if anybody's listening and can sense themselves, you know, you can, we, we don't acknowledge fight, flight, or fight, flight, or fawn as stress. We just, that's just the way we live. And, but don't, you don't have to wait to get to freeze. So please don't, (laughs) please don't, um, starting to acknowledge that some of our patterns of success are actually patterns of stress and, um, being able to unpack that, which I, I know that's what you, you had done. So of course, you know, hubby loads you in the car and, and drives you off to all the people. Um, but tell me a little bit more about the, unpacking because of course we could get labeled 17 different ways but it's the unpacking and the acknowledgement and the willingness to face things and go right because for my entire life I thought that was positive yeah you know what I think yeah I think the the first thing was I was really lucky that this family doctor that we had that I had actually never seen before but my husband did he clued in very very quickly he's like no there's tell me your whole story He's like, there's, he's like, there's more to this. You don't just have a stomach ache and you're not just frozen. There's something there. And I suggest you're going to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, that guy, when we were out of the hospital and we kept walking Henry every day, cause he was never sleeping. We had to run for like hours outside in the stroller. So he'd sleep. And I always kept walking by this therapist's house. And I was like, I should call this person. I should call this person. You know how you kind of know. And then three years yeah. later, you end up in their chair. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> these things. And he was a very experienced, close to retirement um, guy who I've gone way deeper with other people that I've worked with now because I think I was still kind of protecting myself. There was still a bit of a shield 
in mm-hmm. unfolding things like it was but I still also I came from freeze so we had to kind of thaw everything <laughs> to get to right um and he was just um he just really questioned a few things and told me a few things to my face that actually just started to make me think and help to let go of certain things he's like you're so so hard with yourself you're judging yourself all the time you cannot judge yourself for these things this is all not your fault and um that helped me that somebody gave me the permission and somebody in my case I think that's again type a somebody who's educated in that field very important for type a's right if my mom or anybody else had told me that I would have not listened to that um so that kind of got me a set further I think and then I started exploring things because they were all like yeah we have run a thousand blood tests on you like we can't find anything and I'm like I'm I I feel there's something physically also wrong because I always looked like I was six months pregnant every night Mm -hmm. and it was gone in the morning and I was like I feel like I can't eat anything anymore like I'm just like I'm gonna explore so then I started reaching out to osteopaths to a naturopath and they all got a little piece of the puzzle um, that made me feel a little better and that got me more energy back. And then I felt I could confront more of the emotional baggage because it was just too much at that point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just didn't even have the physical energy also to not get through that. Yeah. Like I couldn't even be in the car with my husband driving. I was like cars coming at us and he drives very carefully like cars coming at us, like the, all that was too much I was just overwhelmed and so the more I got energy um the more I was able to work with that person to a point where I was like yeah I'm good to like get on and that's when I was like I'm not going back in that position there's just no way I'm ever going to step out back I cannot put another foot into that building I'm so burnt and I'm so hurt I'm also really hurt which took me a long time to admit I think that was another thing um and um and I think one thing he said that was that was something I didn't fully do at that point and I think that is part of why I didn't fully do my healing at that point was he always said, have you, like I said in the beginning, if you, I look at my life now and I, this is not what I expected my life to be. Mm-hmm. I never grieved over that. I was just going to say, there's some grief in there. And, and you know, what's fascinating. So many people, again, sort of a norm that you grieve things that are, um, that you lose, you, you lose them. And of course, you know, you were losing the woman that once was, but you were also, I don't know, there's, it can prevent us from seeing the potential. And um, as a type A, you were probably like, no, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. It's great. I'm going to get better. And we, we miss the big, yes, you must also grieve the loss of of what once was of the woman that brought you to this place. And this was something that I couldn't, that I had never conceptualized. I was like, I'm going to have to function for this child and for this family. And who knows how this journey medically is going to go for him. Like I need to be strong and I need to function. I would have never, and at that point I didn't give myself permission that it's okay to be sad about that it didn't turn out the way I had envisioned it, but it's still good. It's just different. And it's that gap 
was so big for me. And that took years. Like that basically was the last, I would say, of a year ago is when I finally got to that point where I had physically done a few more things differently, where we had also, well, A, we moved away from the situation. We also moved from Germany to Canada. I think that partially was a thing for me to distance myself from certain things. Also, time is a big healer. Like every, the first years it was Henry's birthday, I would open my eyes in the morning and I would go through the whole spiel of what happened that day when he was born, every time. And I was done for the day, basically. And the older he gets, it's not a, it's not even a topic. It, it might be that I go somewhere five minutes. I need my own five minutes to breathe and mm -hmm. like acknowledge it, but that's it. It doesn't really matter anymore. And it was like, it was governing my life, mm -hmm. right? Every second was basically about that. So I wanted to, cause time definitely has a huge impact because of course, memory is fluid and every memory is only seen through the eyes you have now, right? So as you get older, things change, time passes. Every time you remember something, you are adding a new layer, a new experience. Mm -hmm. So now as you remember his birthday, you also remember the day of his birth, his first birthday, his second birthday, right? So each piece is yeah. layered. And so yes, time, but also in combination with the work because you are doing yeah the work, right? So yeah. the, you know, grieving and I'm not a grief expert, I'm not going to pretend to be one, but I see it often. It does require a, a level of patience mm -hmm. and, and self-compassion. Um, but it is kind of like the law of attraction. You can't just sit around and wait for the miracles to happen. You, you have to be willing to engage and believe and trust and lean in and continue to do work, which of course you did. Um, so what is it, what kind of um, action supports, um, what is it that you did to sort of promote and enhance your healing? So you, you gather this awareness, you seek out the professionals, you, you sort of level up um, physically, mentally, and emotionally, which with each new professional, which is fantastic and say, okay, I think I've gotten all I'm gonna get from this experience, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Um, but on your own, as you're weaving through this work, what is it that you gravitated towards to keep you moving forward? Um, I think there's two big ones over the years. It kind of started with yoga and meditation. And by yoga, I was laying there and basically feeling my body like I wasn't even doing crazy things. And then I remember my mother-in-law said, she should go and start some salutation because she's a yoga teacher. I'm not. And that was the first time where I said, you know what? I'm not there. I'm like physically, I'm not. Let me do my thing mm -hmm. and, and I'll get to there. And that's what I did. I gave myself permission to be as slow as I need to be. My past was the go to the gym three times a week go on that peloton bike like it was no problem but I was like I can't do any of this anymore slow down like really slow down and it can get very uncomfortable because I think for at least for me as it once it's calm it's quiet and if you don't distract yourself exactly your brain your the monkey brain comes and it's um that was hard and that took a long time to actually let that happen that it's okay to have that and the other thing I never learned as a child because that was something that I wasn't brought up with 
was to verbalize emotions. And I actually, I think now looking back, if I look at back at my HR work and how we used to coach people and how we hired professional coaches to have our employees coached, a lot of us have not learned that very, very well. And that was a big part of my journey to actually even learn to verbalize what I'm feeling right now. Like just say that emotion, like sometimes like to be actually a bit distinct in what that is like that took me a long time. But the more I learned to do that, and if I tell it to myself now, like if I get upset, I know where it hurts in my body. Or if, if certain feelings come up, I know where I feel them in my body. And then I can acknowledge that and say, oh, I'm angry because I get this massive pain in my stomach. Um, and then it's good. And I know it's there and it goes away. The, so yoga and like meditation were things. And I just downloaded stuff on the internet and just tried it and saw what works and what I didn't like. And then I just kind of moved on. And the other thing was to me, um, deep breathing, as in, I saw this documentary and there was Wim Hof. I don't know if we, you know Wim Hof, the Iceman who breathes, that does deep breathing. And he's known for diving and icing, freezing cold water. And yes. that guy. Yeah. And I saw him and I was fascinated. I fascinated and I started Googling him. And there was a trainer doing a workshop like that, like literally 20 minutes from my house. I'm like, oh, a sign, like I gotta go. And I would have never done this in the past. So I went there and that was my first like breathwork experience. And it's mind blowing. I find it's very triggering and very hard on the body if you're exhausted. Like I wouldn't recommend it to people who are totally, totally burned. But once you've gotten to a certain, the breathing help, like that's what we do, right? We stop. We hold our breath when we get anxious and if we're in freeze like that's not at all what we do like a good breathing deep breathing and that has helped me release so much of that crap that was there um and that's just been mind-blowingly uh, a miracle that that's been a, a massive change so i just want to highlight in case nobody caught this so we're talking about a full-blown physical manifestation of massive stress PTSD, just incapacitated as a human going from high levels of success. And the three things that you chose to support you most wholeheartedly, you were like, yep, these are the things is yoga. And let me just paraphrase by saying most of it was you lying down doing very little with your body yoga, meditation and breath work. So I am a firm believer in all three of those things. And I'm like, scream it from the rooftop. So I kind of want to take a moment and be like, Y'all heard that, right? I would like, have laughed at you 10 years ago. If you I, had been like, absolutely. this is your kid, I'm like, good for you. I'm going to go to the gym and sit yeah, you, on that spinning bike. Yeah. That's you how I breathe. My- yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And so I too, many years, many years of like, okay, you know what your problem is? You're not doing enough. That's the problem. Like you're clear, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And I would have called bullshit on all the woo woo, all the spirit, all of the simple simple Mm -hmm. because we make things fucking complicated and busy and full and 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 i'm uh, if you can't see me i'm like and like tight and everything is just stretched and we're, we're trying to be so much more than ourselves instead of just choosing to be more of ourselves you know and i don't know exactly when that happened but at some point in that journey there was this moment where i was like you know type a got you into this type a is not gonna get you out it's just not happening. I have to change something. What was the, I don't remember who said it and someone will be like, this is such a common quote, but the, um, 
like you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Different yeah. Right. And it, you know, you say it like that and everybody goes, well, yeah, but we'll just continue to do it because our patterns are so unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so I love, 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 love that you now articulate, take time to go, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling that thing? Or, and until, you know, what is your practicing? You, maybe you're not making the connection yet, but you're like, I'm feeling this feeling. And I'm also feeling pain inside uh, in my side. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden over time, you start to correlate and go, Oh, right. These two mm-hmm. things are connected. Um, bringing that into your awareness is a unbelievable act of embodiment. And, you know, our, as a culture, we are completely outside of our bodies all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't go a day without speaking to someone client and being like, you are not in your body. You are uh, like a million miles away all the time. And so we, we can't do that work. So the, would you say that, um, along because the breath work, the meditation, the yoga, it's really an act of being present. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what, what has been the impact of this beautiful, simple, not always easy, simple work that you have done? What are you experiencing now that is so much different than what you would have been experiencing in the past? Calmness. Mm -hmm. Can I still get triggered? Do I get triggered a lot if my child does something that that is my total wound for sure? (laughs) Um, But a mechanism or tool for me that if I feel it's getting too much, I know I do my 20 minutes of breath work. I do my half hour meditation and I'm back in a healthy state. I know. And I can see things and the other thing, I can feel things coming where I listen to my body showing me that, yeah, this was too much red flag. Oh, okay. So then we're going to, do I skip those things for sure? Am I like stringent with that? Not all the time. No, I have too much on my plate. Sometimes I don't make it a priority always. I do still put other things first, but I still have, I try to have a routine as best as I can. And as soon as I see a red flag, I know I need to double down and I do double down, no question, because I know, and I tell it to my husband, I was like, I'm exhausted. And he knows what that means. And he's like, okay, what do we need to change, right? Like, that's my red flag. And that's just so, and I've been very lucky that he's been super supportive in this all. but in the end, it's not as hard as I ever, like 10 years ago, would have thought it would be at all. Mm-hmm. I thank you for acknowledging and honoring the fact that you are also still living a life that is not always controlled by you. <laughs> no. Right. And so one of the things often when people step into a healing journey, they somehow envision all of this healing, but somehow they forget that they also have to live their lives. Like raise your children, go to work, do the laundry, uh, stub your toe, you know, have arguments. Like these are things that are going to happen. And so creating a pattern habit, a foundation of grounding work, like breathwork, meditation and yoga and journaling and walking and all of the things that can bring you back into your body. Um, just developing a practice it doesn't have to be a stringent, there's the thing, um, because it, every time you do it, you're just adding a beautiful drop to your, your bucket that you get to pull from. And so there are days that you pull a little bit more. There are days that you don't. And um, it's extremely important 
to honor that every minute, every breath is a new opportunity to choose. Um, and so it doesn't have to be every minute of every day or at 5 p.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever. And you get to a place where you're about to hop on a podcast and what do you do? You have a bath, <laughs> right? And it doesn't even seem, it, it's of, of course you do. So just to sort of bring it back to where we've started, um, that the journey is really what I've heard from you. And I'm so grateful that you have shared all that you have shared and that your experiences um, are, they're quite vivid in my mind, that it, it was the simple act of choosing yourself more often than you had before and choosing to pay attention in a new way, recognizing and then choosing that what you had done in the past didn't work the way you'd mm -hmm. wanted it to. And so in order to do something new, you have to be willing to try something new and explore. Um, so beautiful. And I'm so grateful. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honored that you're here sharing that with us because it's a really, really important message for all the women in the world, all the people who are running these patterns, men, women, it doesn't matter. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh. So, and Annika, I know that you are doing great work, but let me know, let us know a little bit about what it would be like to work with you or what is it that you're offering um, women now to get the most support um, or how they can get supported from you? Yeah, what I do is I help with, with this story that I have had, I've seen that Sleep is something that I actually, I suffered from, from anxiety so much that I couldn't sleep well. I was up like hours every night. And that's such an integral part to healing. And if we don't sleep, we just can't really heal. And there are so many women out there who struggle with sleep. Some are real chronic insomniacs. Some just have trouble falling asleep. Some people don't sleep through the night. They wake up exhausted. And I find that journey that I've had now for that many years, it was a combination of working on my body, improving my health, my physical health, what's going on in my gut, what's going on with my hormones, what's going on with my thyroid, plus what's going on with my mind, how do I manage stress, how can I improve my resiliency, all that, and to me, all of that together was them plus changing my nutrition a little and all that together was to me the key to unlock the whole I actually made it to it through PTSD and everything and I came out and I was like how can people thrive at the other end like they always tell you these stories of there are people who actually recover from trauma and are doing better after than before I would love to but it's right. It was just so long. The journey was long. And I think that, and that's what I do. I help people with that and, and women. That's who I focus on right now, because I just think um, I relate to that very easily. Mm -hmm. I understand the women's a woman's body better than a man's body. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I've, uh, I, I've had great success with, with people helping them. And I think sometimes it's, you need that permission. You need that person to help you point the finger at where, where it's not right and, and show you. And also for me, it was always the accountability and somebody on my side. Mm -hmm. As soon as somebody said, okay, do this, come back in four weeks. 
did I follow those protocols to a degree with my type A because I'm quite committed and right. But is it great to have somebody on your side all the time that you can reach out to every day and that helps you? And if the, if it gets hard, because healing is not necessarily easy, right? It might be sometimes simple, but it's not, it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe the right word. Um, that there is someone there because I think that is what makes it makes the people have success and um, and I love what I do it's like it's my dream job that's awesome and you're absolutely right it's so crucial to feel seen and heard and um in a space in a relationship a supportive relationship where you feel like yes I belong here this person um understands it and is honoring uh, me calling me on my crap and supporting me through and seeing the greatness and it's so brilliant so so lovely so I, um, I love that you're focusing on sleep because of course, um, it is the foundation in which we build all other things. So, so sleep, hydration and quality fuel. I mean, get us, get us very far. Yes. Right. So for, you know, let's look at Maslow's hierarchy and go, you got to get the basic needs Mm -hmm. met first, and then you can build from there. Um, so I love that you have, um, that is a focus area for you and your clients. Brilliant. Oh, I'm all just like oozing. This is just awesome. Like I'm oh, loving it. Okay. So um, before we do go, is there anything that you would like the listeners to walk away with today? Because we shared a ton of awesomeness, but is there anything that you're like, yeah, you know what? This is the thing that I'd love for you to know. Um, yeah. Listen, listen to your gut. Whenever you have a feeling something isn't right or you've tried things and it's not working, listen deeper. And I know that's sometimes hard to, you're like, you know, you're talking to type A people, what the heck does that even mean? Just try to dial into yourself. And if that feeling is, I can't do it, I don't understand what's going on, reach out for support. There is great people out there that can help. And I think sometimes we're so stuck in these situations. We just need somebody to guide along the way. They've potentially done it before. They can help you do it faster and more efficient too, Mm -hmm. because you don't need to do that whole learning curve by yourself. Don't be shy or ashamed to ask for support to help you with that. It's our health is so important. We don't perform for ourselves, for our families, in our jobs, anywhere if we don't have that dialed in. And we have so much on our plates as women that so many roles to play that I think that should be a a priority. And there's people out there who understand this and and who are willing to support and uh, just get the help if you feel like there's something that that you think's off. Yeah. And know that the people you're reaching out to have been in that position of being afraid to ask for help. So, Mm -hmm. you, you know, sometimes we get into positions where we, we're worried that, well, when I get there, I will be, oh, you're the one that didn't ask for help. No, we all know that mm-hmm. that is a huge barrier. So mm-hmm. yes, just to hear that. And I'll, we continue to say that every day. It, you have permission, the people get it. I, you, me, a hundred percent spent decades stuck in that space. And if we can help someone to get there faster. Uh, yes, please. Dream job. A hundred percent. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your story, for um, offering us those insights and those opportunities to see a little bit of ourselves a little bit more clearly. Uh, it's so powerful um, when we get to to feel uh, a, a connection because 
what you shared, although unique to you, it has a universalness to it. And um, so thank you. Thank you so much for that in your time today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who has tuned in today. Ah, we will see you very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness. Thank you.